All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Adrian Bo podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. A, B, episode number 130, 130. We are here. How has your week been, my friend? Excellent so far, Troy. Great to always see you. I know we speak multiple times a day, but obviously, you know, face-to-face time is uh, outstanding. And uh, yeah, really looking forward to adding value today, Troy, uh, with all our listeners. Yeah, so Adrian, we've been receiving a lot of questions. Obviously, we're starting to see uh, pockets of the market shift slightly, uh, a little bit of, um, I guess, hesitation from some buyers, a little bit of agents are getting wobbly. Um, There's really no need for that right now, is there? I mean, a high level, successful results are happening around the grounds. We see records continually broken. Is it all just head noise right now for the agents that are reaching out to us and saying, I'm nervous about what's to come? I think it is to a degree. I mean, there's some objective things that we can't deny, Troy, which are happening at the moment, whether it's the, you know, percolating uh, dramas in, in, in Europe, whether it's the upcoming election, whether it's the threat of interest rates going up, whether it's the skyrocketing inflation. These, these are all objective uh, realities that we have to deal with. And certainly buyers would be uh, concerned, potentially sellers could be concerned, and, and agents can subscribe to it. But in saying that, Troy, if it wasn't those things and we rewinded a year ago, two years ago, ten years ago, I could have rattled off three or four things, which if you choose them to be a distraction, they can be. But look, we certainly don't want to dilute the fact that there's always something happening. And if you want to find them, they'll be there. But the most important thing is that the market will always be the market. And that's something that is completely out of seller's control, buyer's control and agent's control. However, what an agent has 100% control over is his or her prospecting plan, his or her listing presentation, his or her buyer approach, his or her vendor management system, um, his or her processes and checklists, his or her uh, communication with their team, either if it's an EBU or with their colleagues. Mm -hmm. And frankly, if you look on realestate.com on domain.com, there's properties being listed and sold every single day, despite all those so-called distractions, which I just referred to. And the agents that are the ones that are representing those listings of the sales are usually the ones that don't choose to focus on those distractions, however, choose to focus on the controllables. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Adrian, we know that this business is all about people. Uh, We know that the the relationships we form and the way that we conduct ourselves, people will always have to sell. People will always have to buy. There's a number of factors that uh, lead them to make those decisions regardless of everything you've just mentioned. And I guess that's Mm. pretty much the topic that we're going to focus on today. Uh, Great segue, episode number 130. We're going to talk uh, a lot about the power of databasing. We're going to talk about not mistaking a CRM for actually core relationships that you have with your clients. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the frequency of buyer servicing. So AB, you are known as the absolute master of databasing. You created databasing before it even existed in real estate. Uh, Over the past 35 years, roughly, you have developed a system that has made you top of mind and get extraordinary results time and time again and get repeat clients uh, time and time again. 
So, Adrian, if we can go straight into it, why, how did you know it was so important back in the day to create a database and then really base it on relationships as opposed to just transactions, which a lot of agents, even today, fall into the trap of? No, it's a very good question, Troy. And I suppose when I first entered into the industry in that sort of late 80s, I was I was involved in property management and then, you know, more into the 90s in terms of sales. And I suppose my observation with a lot of the legacy agents was they were heavily relying on referrals and also heavily relying on instant gratification and instant business. What I meant by that was people that would potentially call them or even in those days call the landline in the office and be put through to a salesperson who's looking to to you know get an appraisal on their home therefore they wanted that that salesperson to come and have a look uh, or they might have had you know some type of list it wasn't really known as a database then but some type of list where a, a person could have bought from them a few years ago uh, or someone maybe uh, came through one of their inspections a few months ago. And what I realised was there was no real repository of where to put these people, um, and there was no real follow-up system. Uh, it, it, was, it was very arbitrary, very nebulous. There was no real structure around it. So what I did was initially uh, put them all down in just a manual uh, box system, which there was cards and you wrote the person's name and their address. And um, I created my own little sort of Rolodex system, if you like, where, you know, I'd I'd call someone at the front of the card system and then, then at the back of the box, you know, so by the time they'd come back around again, a bit like painting the Harbour Bridge, you know, you start on one end and do the other. That was my little system. And then, then I heard when I went to America that there was a um, CRM, you know, which is a customer uh, relationship management system called ACT by a company called Semantic. And it was the only one around in those days. So I went and purchased that, for, I think, for $26 off the shelf because it was a C, C-ROM. Is that what you call them? The C-Drive? C-Drive or, or whatever. Software, yeah. C-Drive, yeah, yeah. And you put it into your to, to the computer and, you know, you, you magically it allowed you to put people's names in, put people's numbers in, uh, write notes every time you spoke to them and then schedule the next call. Um, so I, I'm, I don't want to sound facetious. However, that is still the CRM I use today. It is, it is um, certainly not as good as Agent Box or Box and Dice or Vault or, or any of the other outstanding um, CRMs that are out there today. However, I have chosen to keep it as a metaphor to myself and a reminder to myself that that particular $26 CRM has been uh, responsible for selling two and a half thousand properties over a three decade period okay Uh, simply by just using those functions which is inserting data writing notes scheduling calls and doing some sort of mail or email merge so I suppose you know uh, it was by design and default to a degree because I thought the legacy agents were just too arbitrary in their approach. And I thought there must be some sort of repository system we can place them in in order to create those follow-ups. Yeah, and, and again, Adrian, I stress the importance of the information that you were putting in. 
uh, was very, very detailed and very clean. And you made sure that what you put in, you actually wanted to, to read and digest and use in the future as well, which I think a lot of agents right now, sometimes they think that the CRM is going to do everything for them. They're just going to put all this stuff in or they're going to purchase the database and throw it in without really understanding the power of it. The one that you put the most value in is the one that you get the most value out of. Adrian, you are over, over recent times have really focused on making sure that you're nurturing and you've got a list of priorities in regards to the way you access the information in your database. Um, for everyone listening, we have covered this off a number of times. So if you went right back to the start of the AB podcast, you would know that we're, we're rehashing a lot of stuff because it's extremely relevant as it was back then as it is today. And so Adrian, if you can, can you cover off to me when you go through the list of priorities around prospecting and accessing your database, what is that order that you do? And then how can the team and the followers that we have on this podcast implement that into their business? Yeah, great question. So, you know, someone allocates you three hours to prospect. That's great. But who, who do you call and in what priority, you know, um, and whether that's you as a standalone agent or an associate that you've been appointed or deployed into that period of time to prospect. So the, the very first uh, list of people you would call is your chase list or hot list. Well, who are those people? They're people that you or your lead agent have appraised who will be signing an agency agreement or authority with either you or a competing agent in the next 30 days. Okay, so it, it really doesn't get any hotter uh, than that particular list. And that's the number one priority. Now, what's the frequency? Well, it depends on the most recent conversation. Now, if the most recent conversation is that I'll be making a decision this week, well, this is where you can blur the lines between hassle and hustle and you can communicate daily until they make a decision, in my opinion. Now, with the daily communication, that doesn't mean you're just calling up every day and saying, have you made a decision? Have you made a decision? You're calling up every day saying, is there any questions around my proposal? Um, you're sending them an SMS saying, I'm thinking of your property. I met a buyer today, if that's factual, who I think would be suitable, looking forward to gaining instructions from you. It might be the next day where you send an email and say, hey, I've just listed this other property or just sold this property. Here's the web link to it. Uh, I feel that that could trigger some further interest in your particular property once I'm appointed as your agent. Um, so I, I think that that's just a given, right? The second, the second list of people, even though it's not a form of generating new business, it would be your current vendors that you're selling for. So that's a really important conversation because that triggers immediate vendor management. It triggers referrals and it also uh, triggers retention of those particular listings, okay? Um, number three, in my opinion, Troy, would be um, your uh, uh, callbacks. They're very high up in, in, in the list. So, you know, if you do callbacks during the week or on a Saturday or early in the week, that's definitely high up there. Why? Well, number one, it's going to assist us in getting the existing inventory sold. And number two, we're going to treat it as a form of reactive prospecting. We're identifying uh, either qualified hot buyers that we could uh, potentially divert to another property if they weren't interested in that particular property and or identify people that own a piece of real estate in our core market and either 
attempt to get face-to-face with them to provide an appraisal or place them into our database system and plug them into either a 7, 14, 21, 30, 60 or 90-day follow-up, okay? Then the, the next one from there, in my opinion, and I'll group these together, Troy, because there's probably equal in importance, would be um, monitoring expired listings, yeah. It would also include your hot buyer list, okay, so people that are actually you're working with, which shouldn't be more than 20 really, that are actually seriously interested in, in buying a property. And then it would also include your general pipeline calls in your database, which are those 7, 21, 14, 30, 60, 90 days that I've spoken about, okay. Um, so that would be the order if you didn't know where to start. That would be a really good one. And the last one I would say would be orphan data, uh, people that uh, you haven't characterised yet because they came through open for inspection some months or some years ago. And then the one under that would would be cold calling or door knocking. So, you know, because they're at the bottom of the list, it doesn't mean they're not important. But if you're a developing agent or a brand-new agent, Troy, you wouldn't have the luxury of the first three or four things that I just spoke about there. Yeah. Um, so you would have to flip that that actual list on its head and start with the cold calling and door knocking, which is what I did for many, many years, you know. The only other one which uh, is definitely included in the client nurture calls, which is the 30, 60, 90 days, is your past buyers and sellers as well. So I characterise those there because my database doesn't have that many categories, Troy. It's... It's really, um, you know, just hot and then everyone else, you know, like so um, I, as most people know, I work with Josh Tesselon and coach him, um, you know, and this is also a great metaphor for a lot of people who may not think that they're tech savvy or using the appropriate software. Um, he doesn't even use a computer or an iPad. He basically uses his phone and the way he characterises his two groups is with the dollar sign as an emoji. So he knows if he types that in, they're all his hot sellers and he'll just call those every day. And then the other emoji he uses is the house emoji and that's all the uh, secondary homeowners who are not as hot as the money bag emoji. So is that a perfect CRM? No. Does it work? Yeah, he sold 350 properties last year. Um, Alex Phillips sells over 200 properties. What does he use as his CRM? Microsoft Outlook. So that tends to work very well. Why? Because it allows you to input data, it allows you to schedule a calendar call, and it allows you to make notes. So they're they're two extremes which we're talking about. Yeah, and Adrian, I know the golden one that you always say that agents seem to forget as a great prospecting opportunity is actually just picking up the phone and returning your messages and voicemails uh, from the previous night as a daily habit. Uh, It's amazing the opportunities come from there adrian that, as, so as that would started, fall into the uh callbacks right that would so that callbacks, the callbacks yes, when i inquiry callbacks. That's a, that's a blanket approach for email inquiries and phone inquiries as well yeah yeah um as we start to wrap up this episode adrian um what are some of the things like if someone is slightly off track if they're fearful about reaching out if they don't like prospecting they see it as a bit of mm-hmm. a, a chore as opposed to stuff that they like doing in their business what are some mm-hmm. of tips that you can provide two or three of those top tips just to get them focused knowing that it's future business and the way that they're engaging with their clients is definitely going to be repaid to them in the future 
Yeah, so firstly, what everyone needs to acknowledge, Troy, which you and I have coached in detail about for decades, um, which is that don't rely on technology or a client relationship management system. It's a very good complement to traditional prospecting, which is building relationships. So that's what we've got to remember, Troy, is that this database or this CRM, it's actually just names and digits uh, because really without a relationship, it really is just names and digits, right? So let's do both. Let's get the names, digits, the follow-ups, the notes and everything, but let's not mistake it for or replace it for a relationship opportunity because, you know, gone are the days where you just make, smash out 100 calls and don't build any rapport. That's not going to work. Um, you know, rather you make 30 or 40 calls, high quality, have a good substance and depth of a conversation with that client, add value to them. And uh, so that's the most important thing. So technology and CRMs are a good complement. So, you know, if you've signed up to Rita, owned by CoreLogic, for example, great piece of technology, but that shouldn't exclusively be your prospecting plan, okay? Um, If you're using K2X, who's another fantastic uh, external service who can do some prospecting on your behalf, that should be a, a complement to a traditional form of prospecting, you know. Um, if you're using Nurture Cloud now, which is through the Ray White Network, it's not dissimilar to Reader, a great complement, you know. Um, if you're using social media, great complement. You can't just replace these automations towards uh, actual relationships. So that that's probably the most important tip I would give people. In terms of uh, frequency and dialogue, I'd be less concerned about that, Troy. I think, I think you know, the the conversation will determine the appropriate frequency. So, so if someone says to you, Troy, look, I'm not really looking to sell, you know, I'm very happy here, you know, you wouldn't call them in a week, you know, you'd call them in, in, a, in a few months, you know. If someone says, look, I'm thinking about maybe in the next 30 days just uh, about potentially moving to Queensland because I'm waiting to hear from my workplace, well, you wouldn't schedule the call in six months you know you'd probably do it in the next couple of weeks so i think that's common sense in terms of if you're hesitant about making the calls um this might sound very direct but i would actually question whether real estate's for you if you're hesitant about making calls because i can tell you now even even the best of the best um none of them rely on automation automation is a complement to their business they're still making those traditional prospecting calls yeah couldn't agree more and it's important that You don't have fear of the phone because it's the way to get the means to an end. As you've always said, Adrian, in all our training, it's a means to an end. The phone calls equal the opportunities to go and meet with the person face-to-face where they make the decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, that is episode number 130 of the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. We will be back same time, same channel next week. Make sure you rate us five stars. Can't wait to see the feedback. Keep sending through the questions. Adrian, I think we need to do a Q&A next week. They're starting to build up again. I was going to say that for this episode, but we thought, no, let's focus on database. Let's focus on the things that are relevant in the market right now. Thank you so much again for joining me, Adrian. Can't wait to see you next week. No doubt speak to you a number of times during today. To all our listeners, thanks again for joining us and we'll see you all very soon. Thanks, listeners, and thanks, Troy, for adding incredible value like always.